Hi, Carlin. Welcome to Walk in the Walk. Internet Matters is a long-term friend of TalkTalk, so it's great to have you here. Just to begin, can you tell me a bit about Internet Matters and the work you do? Yeah, hi, Bronner. Thank you so much for having us here today. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Yes, Internet Matters, we've been friends with TalkTalk for some time, but we're a not-for-profit organisation. Uh, and we were set up a few years ago really to help families keep their children safe online. So we do a number of things. We provide families with a bunch of resources, lots and lots of resources at internetmatters.org. We underpin everything that we do with um, research so that we have a great evidence base and that we understand we're meeting the needs of, of families and uh, parents. And then the final thing is that we try and influence uh, policy makers uh, in the UK so that we can try and make sure that we create a safer environment for children when they're in their digital world. You work with lots of different companies across the internet space. Uh, how do you work with companies like TalkTalk? Yeah, as I mentioned, Internet Matters was actually founded uh, about seven or eight years ago now by the four leading internet service providers of which TalkTalk is one. And we're really pleased that throughout the years we've maintained our relationship with TalkTalk. How we work with the partners is effectively your customers, many of them will be parents or grandparents. Obviously, they've all got their broadband connectivity through you. So what we're doing is essentially supporting them with the challenges they may have around keeping their children safe. So we try and do things together and make sure that your customers are aware that we're there to help them with this important issue. And so what do our customers and you know, parents across the country tell you about their kids' lives online and how they feel about it? We continue to research with parents on an ongoing basis. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, you'll know that digital is just a fundamental part of our children's lives. You know, watching YouTube, we have sort of 70, 80 percent of young people are watching YouTube, watching TikTok, um, looking at their Instagram feeds. So children are really consuming lots and lots of content in the digital environment. They're also communicating more and more. So, um, you know, when I was growing up, once you left school, you didn't see your friends again until the next day. But this generation are constantly connected to their friends. And it's probably the way that they communicate mostly through that digital interface. And then I think the third biggest thing that children are doing online these days is gaming, both boys and girls across all different types of platform, you know, you used to think about gaming just being the preserve of an expensive console sort of sitting underneath the television. But gaming is now, you know, on handsets, on la on laptops, on mobiles. And we find that really the vast majority of children are gaming in the online world as well. Yeah, it's a real mix of, of different activities and I guess a real kind of generation change for, for people, for adults like us to understand and to understand what the kids are doing. I know you do a lot of research with parents. What type of worries do parents have um, about their kids online? Yeah, the worries that parents have, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised by them. You know, in essence, they are bullying. That's a real big thing as children are trying to navigate their friendships in the digital environment. You know, and you think about how often a simple text can be misinterpreted or an emoji can be misinterpreted. So managing friendship groups in the in the digital environment and being bullied is something that parents really worried about. 
They're also hugely worried about seeing violent or pornographic content, you know, without the advent of parental controls, which is something that TalkTalk Talk offer to all their customers. You know, you can be two or three clicks away from seeing some quite graphic um, uh, sexual content. So parents do tend to worry about their children accessing that content. And I, I guess the other sort of top three issue is, is about grooming, um, you know, in the same way that parents are worried about sort of predators in the street or in the park. They're worried about the same sort of thing happening online. And of course, in the online environment, it is so much easier to hide behind a fake profile and pretend to be someone that you're not. So those are the real big things that parents worry about. I think more as a day-to-day sort of issue, though, the biggest thing I think parents grapple with is just this concept of screen time and how long and how often that their children are, are looking at a small screen or a big screen and are head down and engaged in that device. And I think we increasingly see that as an area in terms of just the overall impact on children's well-being. And then finally, we're seeing some sort of new and emerging issues, you know, um, fake news and misinformation, particularly that's had a light shone on it through the pandemic. We're also seeing about data and privacy and how children's data is captured and used online. Those are now becoming increasing concerns for families as they move forward. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think particularly you talked about screen time. And I, I imagine there's lots of parents who would be listening who would absolutely recognize that concern and they, they know it's something that they that they're worrying about and they don't really know how to deal with it. And I guess particularly over the last you know, 18 months during lockdown, you know, we've all spent an awful lot of time at home. And for a lot of us, me included, we've spent a lot of time online. Um, and so, you know, how have things changed as a result of the pandemic? What did you see during lockdown? You know, the pandemic has had a massive impact, I think, on children, particularly over the last 18 months. You know, on the one hand, it has been their saving grace. You know, the access to education has been underpinned by technology. The only way that they could keep in touch with their friends was the technology. The only way they could keep in touch with their families was through technology. So for for many children, technology has been hugely positive, but it's probably also thrust a sort of generation of perhaps the young younger end, uh, sort of almost thrust them prematurely into this digital world when they perhaps wouldn't have the normal skills and usual skills to navigate it. Because once kids are there, it's really hard to take it all back. So it's had it has had a huge um, positive impact, but it has also, we have seen some concerning issues that sort of arose through the pandemic, you know, notably because children weren't at school and didn't have the usual sort of um, safety and security infrastructure. There was concern concerns about safeguarding issues, you know, whether that's, you know, sexual abuse or uh, child abuse at home. Through our research, we saw that online harms did rise a little bit through the pandemic. But actually, it was really what came out of that research was that it was children with existing vulnerabilities that actually were disproportionately affected. So children that might have learning difficulties, children that were in care, children um, that might be young carers themselves. So any child that is already vulnerable, if you like, in their offline life was actually, it was those children that were more affected through the pandemic. And we actually see that more generally through our research, actually, that online harms aren't spread evenly amongst the population. And it is those children that have vulnerabilities that are more likely to experience them. 
It's yeah, really interesting to hear that mix of experience, kind of obviously that there are, and I think we all worry about the negative aspects of kids being online, but it is interesting to think about that positive role it played during the pandemic. Um, just in terms of the the vulnerable kids, what type of harms are they experiencing or, or what type of harm should we be looking out for? I think, it, you know, it, it's really all of them. Um, so whether that's grooming and inappropriate contact, whether it's sharing sexual images, whether it's seeing self-harm content and uh, pro-suicide and pro-anorexia content, those are the kinds of um, harms that are sometimes, you know, three, four, five times more prevalent amongst that community of young people. And we've been working really hard uh, across the sector to try and bring organisations together to actually start to try and um, support the rainbow of professionals and adults that support a vulnerable child. So, you know, it, we, we already do stuff to support their parents, but, you know, a lot of these parents that are uh, supporting vulnerable children already have very complex issues to deal with and family issues to deal with. And what we need to do is try and make sure that every adult that's coming into contact with a vulnerable young child is just having a think about their online lives and making sure that they're asking those right questions to ensure that they're not coming to any harm when they're online. I would just say just, you know, going back to the pandemic and parents, I think parents had a really tough time. And I think, you know, I would say be kind to yourself. I suspect there were lots of parents that felt incredibly guilty that their kids were on devices all day or, you know, it was just such a hard time. And I think as long as your children are happy and healthy, you know, their relations are still good. They're still learning. They're still communicating with people. You know, I would say to parents, you know, we all just had to get through it. And I think, you know, now's the time to reset and relook at what we're doing with our children and, and their digital world. Yeah, that's, I'm sure there's a lot of parents who yeah, would thank you for those words. And I think I'd be glad to hear them. Just actually going back to one of the things you mentioned earlier, um, you talked about how gaming is playing a big role in kids' lives and, and how that's something that's really changed over the past few years. Um, at Talk Talk, yeah, we're seeing more and more gaming on our network. It's taken up more and more data as it clearly becomes um, a real mainstream pastime for a lot of people. Um, how do parents feel about their kids gaming? Is, is, is it something people are, are worried about or do they see it as a positive? I think parents have a sort of almost like, um, you know, not love-hate relationship almost with gaming. There are There is lots of really great things about gaming. We've done research with parents and, you know, the things like the creativity that it can encourage, the sort of strategic thinking that you might have to apply to get yourself out of a certain situation, that with the advent of online and multiplayer gaming, the teamwork that you do where you work as a team. You know, it's a great platform for young people to build friendships as well. So there's lots of really good positive stuff about gaming and particularly, you know, gaming together as a family can bring out some really good and positive family experiences. But we are also seeing that, you know, the counter to that is that gaming is like any other kind of social media environment. And, and we, we encourage parents to think about gaming as perhaps the first place your child might have a social media profile or, or you know, or be communicating with other people. So think about gaming in that same context. So think about the um, possibility of communicating with people that they don't know and gaming with people that they don't know. You know, the fact that gaming can become quite a 
perhaps an abusive space when people aren't winning. And so there can be quite a lot of bad language and bullying that goes on in those environments. Um, and then also the thing that parents, again, going back to the screen time question, is one about this possibility of addiction and what does that mean, you know, and worrying that their child might be gaming for too long. And then the final thing to think about on gaming is just about content. You know, there's there's a really good system of Peggy ratings and ratings on the App Store. Do check them out as a parent because it gives you a very good indication of whether a game is appropriate for your child to play. And again, through our research, we've seen that, the, you know, lots of young people are playing Call of Duty, which is an 18 rated game. You know, children get the best from gaming when they're playing those age appropriate games. So do check that out. You talk about some of the parental filters and, I've, you know, at TalkTalk offers those to all our customers. How do parents find out more about the tools that are available um, to help keep their kids online and where can they go to for advice? There's loads and loads of um, parental controls and privacy settings that are available for platforms and games and services that children use. Um, we've got a space at internetmatters.org, which is the parental control section that actually has step-by-step guides. For, I think it's over 80 different platforms now. So there you can find very simple guides to teach you how to set them up safely. It does take a little bit of time, but they're not difficult. Um, It is just a time thing to go through all of the screens that you have to go through. All of them are free. So there's nothing that you have to worry about in terms of paying or anything like that. So we do encourage parents to really get to grips with setting up safely. You know, as a child ages, you you genuinely want to be thinking about trying to sort of set them up very strongly at the start. And as they get older and more mature and develop their thinking skills and everything else, you can start unwinding them. But, but, you know, do it together. It's a great moment to explain to your children why you're setting up the controls the way that you are and to have the conversation about you're doing that to protect them. And this is the reason why. Um, So it's a really good thing that parents can do to basically, you know, go to our website and check out all the parental controls that we offer. You've spoken um, a lot about the benefits that families and young people gain from being online, um, as well as some of the worries that people kind of naturally have. What should parents do to promote that positive online experience and, and really get those benefits? First thing to realise is that you are the person that your child will take their cues from. So you want to really be role modelling the behaviour that you want your children to have. So if you walk around at home with your phone attached to you all the time, your children will think that's absolutely normal and do exactly the same thing. If you're watching telly and you're multi-screening and watching your device while watching telly, they'll think that's an absolutely normal thing. So remember the power that your role model behaviour has on, on the children that you have. I'd also say to parents, be present in their digital lives. You know, it's second nature to parents to be inquisitive about what their children do. But somehow with digital devices, there's a little bit of once you give them the device, the child sort of walks off with it. And that's not something that parents get involved in. I'd counsel to be a bit nosy about it. And in the same way you ask what's going on at school, it's like, who are you chatting to? What apps are you using? And to talk about that very openly and honestly. The other thing I'd say is that children are really conditioned to make mistakes. And I think we have to recognise that children are going to make mistakes. Often they won't do it intentionally. So when when and if a situation arises, 
do stay calm and try not to judge and and really don't threaten to take away devices. It's a really easy thing to, to fall back to, you know, something's gone wrong. You know, they've been rude to someone online. I'm going to take away the phone. But actually in doing that, you're you're taking away potentially their friendship network. Um, but you're also setting up for the future that if anything else bad happens, they won't come and talk to you about it because they'll be frightened you'll take away their devices. So so really try not to do that. And and then as you go through, I think just in to make that positive online experience, just think about critical thinking is what you need online. It's about reading, judging, interpreting what they're seeing. So all the time, just be, you know, questioning and encouraging them to think about what they see. You know, I'm constantly reminding my children that Wikipedia is not the be all and end all and it can be wrong, you know, uh, and that just because they see something in writing, it doesn't mean that it's true. So try and teach those critical thinking skills so that you can help them become more and more independent as they get older and older. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. There's a lot there for us all to learn, kind of no matter what age you are in terms of not believing everything you read online and not spending all your day attached to your phone. Yeah, I think there's I think there's probably a lot of people of different ages listening who yeah, could recognise that. Finally, Carlin, if someone was listening and, and wanted to go away in it with three tips, um, what are the top three tips that you would give parents and families things to remember? Three things that I could leave everyone with is the first, use the parental controls and privacy settings. Find 10, 15 minutes to go away and set those on the main things that your children are doing. The second one is go away and agree some rules and boundaries. Children respond really well to having frameworks, but sit down and agree them together so that they feel that you're jointly agreeing them, that you're not just imposing them on your children. And then the final thing is just stay engaged and talk all the time. You know, just mention it here and there and just try and really keep across what they're doing. Because if you understand what they're doing, you can then use all the, your usual parenting skills to effectively help them manage any situation they come across. Brilliant. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Carolyn. Um, we know this is an issue that uh, lots of our colleagues and our customers are concerned about. Um, so anyone listening will find this a really helpful guide as to how to manage their family's online activities and how to stay calm and not worry about it. Absolutely. And for all of the people listening, if you do want more advice, there's loads that you can find at internetmatters.org.